this was my last day, then you live with short accounts. And so I've always tried to live into today that reality. Like, I don't want to leave anything unsaid. I don't want to, if there's unforgiveness or brokenness, I want to work for that because literally if it's your last day, are you really going to care that your folks or your kids voted for the other candidate in 25 years? It's not even going to matter at that point, but it is creating division today that is causing us to miss out on essential relationships that God wants us to have. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week, we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy, and sometimes a special guest will join in. Every time the topic of politics surfaces, someone will have an opinion and someone else will disagree. Politics has always been a polarizing discussion, but are the effects of it still causing problems in your relationships? Pastor Daniel will challenge you today to reconcile and restore them because in the end, it just doesn't matter. Now here's Pastor Daniel and Billy with today's special edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. I always tell people that, you know, I don't think it's wrong at all to set goals in the new year. There is something psychological about the, there's a new year, it's a new you, but it's really the old you, but like with, <laughs> with new things that you're trying to get at. And so I've always been a big, like, I like setting goals. I love using different seasons to do those goals in. And so like, I, I'm never like, oh man, don't set some goals. Like, so like, if you're like, man, I like, I gained the COVID 20 and you're like, you know, I'm going to lose the, the post COVID 2021, you know, like, then like, you got to make a plan. Like there's that old saying, like, if you, if you fail to plan, you, you plan to fail and, and whatever you're doing to gain weight, if you keep doing it, you're just gonna keep gaining more weight. And so like, for it's candy. It's candy. I'll admit it. I love, I've been eating candy. What's your candy choice, Billy? Oh my gosh. Anything. Like I'm not even, I'm not kidding you. I mean, the only thing that I'll kind of cringe at before I eat it is something that had like chocolate that has a nut in it of some kind. Cause I'm like, why did you do that? Like, why did you even go and ruin it? But like, I have been, I'm going to be like a diabetic by the time this ends because I just, I want to eat candy all the time. But I mean, I already like weight is a thing for me that I got to constantly work on. So I'm on my Peloton now. Like I got to be, and I got to be better about that. Like I did it last night and the night before. Like, so I know going into 2021, I got to cut the candy a little bit, but I love it. So this is what I want to say. If you want to make me crazy happy, I want a video of you rocking the Peloton. I'll give you a, oh my gosh. Like, cause that would make me for like, it's ridiculous. The headband on. Like, oh, just it's like, ridiculous. Oh. It's ridiculous. And I look ridiculous. <laughs> and the worst part is, you know, for anybody who has a Peloton, there's a camera on it and it serves no purpose. Like until recently there was no, but I feel like they're watching me at the Peloton studio and laughing. Cause you know, like you're suffering and you have the look of death on your face. But you're crazy happy because you're going into 2021 and you know it's coming. But yeah, it's I will send you a video so you can laugh. Well, so but there's a reality to this because like all the research shows psychologically and by and because of our biochemistry, like when you hit the Peloton, you're going to be happier when it's over. Oh yeah. Because all the endorphins and you know, the, you know, the brain chemistry changes. So like, yeah, like, like, so when you're, when you're looking at a new year and people are like, man, I'm going to watch what I eat. Like, let's just be honest. Like I love candy too. 
But do you ever feel as happy after you eat the candy? Like, you know, when your sugar no. crashes like 35 no. minutes later? No, I'm not like, hearing it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it. yeah, you get the sugar rush. It gives you a little bit of a, you know, a biological boost. You know, it's, it's you know, comfort eating. We all do. I mean, I'm Italian. So like, like food is, is a love language. Same in for me. Every way. Yeah. Same for me. So I'm like, Italian too. I love it. You have that stuff, but then you have the crash after it. And I think that's the thing that, that I love so much about who Jesus is. Cause Jesus said, look, I don't want you to focus on the temporary fixes. He's like, I want you to focus on the big fixes. And so for me, like with working out, I realized that it may not be fun when I'm doing it, but I feel great after it, you yep. know, like, and, and for a long stretch of time. So it's like, okay, so that's something that I want to be able to do in the new year. And so I always tell people that leveraging the new year to make positive changes in your life, it's an awesome thing. Like we always see it with it at church that we know that after the summertime, there's a big influx of people who have gotten out of the rhythm of being part of a, of a faith community. They come back in September because they've been busy for the summer, especially where I live in the Pacific Northwest, because it doesn't rain for four straight months, but then it rains for the other eight months. And so like when the sun is out, it's like sun's out, guns out. Like we're, we're going to be outside because we're not going to do it for eight more months, but they come back in September and, and, and they, they've missed it because they've been away. Same thing. A new year hits, you know, they have, you know, Christmas happens like, man, I need to get this part of my life back together. And so people find their ways back. But I think saying yes to those invitations to be a better version of you is that's like what God is always doing. Jesus is always inviting us saying, look, there's things we got to work on. There's things that there's different decisions you have to make. And so I always encourage people like say yes to those invitations, like us being physically healthy is good. Cause the Bible says that, you know, physical exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable in all things. That's in Paul's letter to Timothy. So it's like, it, it does profit. So like, we want to do that. Like if you're like, Hey, listen, in this new year after the holidays or whatever, I really need to get my finances in order. Like, yeah, like the Bible teaches that money is an outlet of spiritual power. And one of the greatest areas of anxiety in people's lives is money. So it's like oh, yeah. you know, dealing oh, yeah. with debt or, or having enough reserves or being like, hey, I need to start you know, preparing for my future. You know, Those steps are, are very, very important. And what I have found is that there is great joy on doing the, the hard work of trying to make life better. And I believe that Jesus, by his spirit, meets us on the step of faith. We're like, I'm going to make these changes. Uh, he meets us there and then he kind of enlivens us and energizes us by his spirit to walk in those things. And they're not always easy. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not. And I think that that's so important. And I, I am not, I don't call them new year's resolutions, right? For me, but I, but I set them, I set the goals. Cause it's like, you know, and, and honestly, I've been very successful with a lot of them. I tend to be like a yo-yo or like I'll lose weight. I'll be like really in shape. And then I find candy again and COVID happens. And then I like, you know, and then I got, and then I know, okay, I'm going to eat those Christmas cookies throughout December. And then I'm going to hop back in the saddle again. And so for me, it's good to set those goals. But I think everything you're saying spiritually is so true. We, I think we tend to separate out the spiritual and the physical, you know, and, and even like the mental, like all of, we're a whole package, right? And it all kind of comes together and God wants the best for us. Um, but we have to put that effort in, I think too. And so part of that is like putting down the Pez or whatever I'm eating. And, you know, like, and part of it is getting more, is getting more active. And I think, I think for a lot of us, like we don't know what 2021 is going to hold either. And there's a lot of people who are really anxious about that. There's a lot of fear, people who haven't been working in eight months, you know, going into a new year without a job. Um, I know, I know people who are suffering with that. I think, 
you know, keeping that reliance on God. And maybe people are listening and they don't have that right now. They're not sure how to find that. So where do we start if we find ourselves, even if we're very solid Christians, but we're just overtaken with fear? Like, what's that path forward on that front? Because that's kind of another issue that I think people are grappling with right now. Yeah, I mean, I think the the starting place, it's really the starting place and the ending place is abiding in Jesus. Because, you know, listen, so I, like the Bible is full of examples where someone has their eyes on the circumstances instead of on the Lord. And when you have your eyes on the circumstances, you're going to be afraid. So the, the, the story of the disciples on, on the Sea of Galilee and, and, and the storm raises up and Jesus is sleeping in the boat, but they're looking at the storm and they're freaked out. And then finally they wake up Jesus like, dude, Lord, we're perishing. And Jesus just stands up and says, peace be still. And the storm calms and they're just like, what is going on with this guy, Jesus? You know. And I always like to say that like the, the storms of life teach us two things. One, that we have a tendency to be faithless. And two, that Jesus is real and he's super faithful and he's got power over everything. And so like when I look at 2020, what have I learned about myself? One, that I'm faithless. I get nervous very quickly when I'm looking at the circumstances, I get freaked out. But also the fact that God is faithful, because guess what? If you're listening to this podcast, you're still here. Like, yeah, you know, maybe you have lost money in your bank account. Maybe you need to find a new job and, and maybe you've lost somebody to COVID or, or maybe there's been division in your family over the election or, or, you know, whatever the things are like, those are real, but yet you're still here. And because you're still here, God's not finished yet. Like I always tell people like, listen, God ain't done with you yet. If you're still here, God's not done with you yet. Like if you have breath in your lungs, God's still doing a work. We're all in process. And so mm. for me, it's about when I find myself walking in fear, it's, it's, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And so really what that means is that when I'm, when I'm abiding in Jesus and my eyes are on the Lord, then God's perfect love rises me out of my concern about the future. Cause I know that the future is in his hands. It raises me up out of the fear of how is this all going to work out? Because I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know the Lord does. And I know the Bible says that all <laughs> things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are according to his purpose. So I trust that promise. And <laughs> Uh, my fear about the mistakes I've made in the past, I know that I've entrusted my past into the finished work of Jesus. And so in whether it's my past, my present, or my future, when I get my eyes off of those things and I put them on the Lord in the context of those things, now all of a sudden I have freedom. And not that my past won't come back and, and, and create issues for me. It does sometimes. But I know that God's in the midst of that even. Okay. You are so good. A, uh, with all, like you are just good. Like that's why you're a pastor. But, but you know, one of the things you said, I just wanted to pull it out a little bit, you know, as we kind of round the conversation out, cause I, I think this is important. A lot of people over the past few months have been feeling, I think that division that sort of, we, we felt it for a long time. And you mentioned the election. I think I'm not going to get political here, but I, but I think there's a lesson here, right? Because we have a lot of, a lot of issues that could separate us from family and friends and loved ones, not just an election, right? But when we find ourselves divided, you know, I've been trying to look for examples of how do we take that extra step? And sometimes the frustration and anger we're feeling in the midst of those circumstances, I think, can be remedied with how we react. I think we tend to focus on the other people like, well, oh, they did this, they did that. They're not. Well, maybe if we stepped out and did something, and I, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to cite the pop star Katy Perry for a minute, okay? Now, Katy Perry grew up in a Christian home, was you know was a Christian singer before she sort of left the faith and, and went off into the world. Her family differs from her politically. Her parents are actually evangelists, which is interesting. And she had put a tweet out after the election, and it was so interesting to me. She said, 
it was the weekend after the election. She said, the first thing I did when I saw the results, and she was a Biden supporter, her family supported Trump, was to call and text my family and my loved ones and tell them that I was here for them and that I love them. And then she hashtag family first, call one of your loved ones today who you disagree with, basically. And it got really mixed reactions, unfortunately, because it's a really great message. What she was saying was like, there are things that are much more important than whatever it is that's dividing you and a family member, right? In that case, it was an election. And I thought that was actually a really mature, almost like a, and I'm going to use the word spiritually mature, but I mean, I think more so an in-tune adult who cares for other people and grew up with those values, obviously, and is still holding on to that and encouraging people to do something. So I would encourage people to do that going into 2021 too. You know, like don't leave the old garbage with the relationships. You know, don't drag that with you into 2021. Make those phone calls, make those texts and try as best as you can, I think, to bridge those divides. Well, and I think that's a huge thing because in a in a world that is divided on all these different things, then uh, being divided from people, it becomes the norm. And so one of the things I always think about is if today was your last day, what would you want to accomplish today? You know, and, and what's amazing is, is that if you think back to like, you know, and there's all, there's a million movies where it's like, you know, uh, of more recent, you know, the movie, the bucket list where Jack Nicholson, you know, he knows he, he's dying and he's lived his own kind of self-centered life. And he's, you know, he meets Morgan Freeman. He's also dying and, and they're going and they're checking things off the bucket list. But in all those type of movies, there's always like a, this is a relationship that fell apart that I let fall apart that I shouldn't have. And I, and I regret it. But as life's going on, you don't think about it. But when you're at the end, you're like, I got to fix this. Like, so like when my, my own mother, she passed away when I was in my early 20s from cancer. And it was interesting to watch relationships that had gotten sour. Uh, people really wanted to make amends at the end because my mom was, was losing her battle to cancer. And I remember kind of walking with my mom through this. And my mom was, you know, like, hey, like, they just want this for them. Like, they haven't cared about me all these years now because um, they're going to feel bad that I'm gone. And, and she was, she was a tough lady, you know? And, and I, I realized now that like, when I went through that, I realized I'm like, I need to think about if today's my last day, because today, you know, like all of 2021 is not promised to any of us. Right. So it's like, when you start thinking about if this was my last day, then you live with short accounts. And so I've always tried to live into today, that reality. Like, I don't want to leave anything unsaid. I don't want to, there's unforgiveness or brokenness. I want to work for that because literally if it's your last day, are you really going to care that your folks or your kids voted for the other candidate in 25 years? It's not even going to matter at that point, but it is creating division today that is causing us to miss out on essential relationships that God wants us to have. And so for me, it's about having the right perspective. You know, so much of the battles we have today, uh, they're not going to matter in five years. Like in five years, I don't think we're going to be talking a whole lot about COVID. You know, at least I hope not, you know, and I hope not because that Michael Bay movie that's coming out about it looks terrifying. Oh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> don't, watch, don't watch the trailer, but it, <laughs> it imagines what the world would be like in 2025 if like COVID 25 were here. So oh, yeah, see? I, that's you're right, though. That's not going to be it will not be here and we will be moved on. And, you know, we'll have new a new president at that point, probably or somebody different or I don't know who knows what will happen. It's. We, we waste so much time. It's okay to disagree. I think, I think we sometimes pretend it's not okay to disagree. It's 100% okay to disagree. It's how you disagree and what you do with it that matters. You know, my nobody in my family or anybody who lives around me practically agrees with me on anything. And so, you know, I, I navigate it, right? That's how, that's how you navigate it. You learn. Yeah, you might have moments where you, you know, snap back and forth with each other, but you love each other and you move forward. You don't, 
let these things destroy relationships, right? When they're, when they're benign oh, yeah. things, like who you voted for. Well, I, I think also part of this is also, and I always talk to people about this, is that, you know, we have to differentiate between the real people in our lives and the people on social media. Because in some ways, like what I've realized, and, and there's a meme that I see popping around, it gets attributed to lots of different people. Like if, you know, it says, if you don't like me, don't post about me, but call me. And if you don't have my number, then you don't know me well enough to be mad at me. You know what I mean? And, and I always see that. I'm like, I'm like, there's some wisdom there because, you know, like it, it's really easy for people who don't have a relationship with you to have all these things and feelings about you. But really the people in your life are the people who are in your life, like whether it's your family members or this or that. And so when you realize like, is this really worth it? And so that's one of the things I love so much about Jesus because Jesus came um, to give us a heavenly perspective on life, you know? And so when you start to think about it, you're like, where it says like, honor your father and mother, like that's a, a perspective, like where the people who have raised you, even if you disagree with them and you get older and, and the relationship changes, they're still your mom and your dad. You know, like even though my mom passed away, I'm still very close with my dad. And me and my dad are very different from one another in a lot of ways, but yeah, I still want to honor him as my dad, even though I'm a dad, you know what I mean? And like, and so, and so as my kids are growing up, I'm like, Hey, listen, Right now I'm your I'm your dad and I'm paying all the bills and you know you're living in my house so my rules go but we can talk about my rules if you think my rules are unjust or whatever and we can we have discussions about screen time and are you allowed to you know text your friends at midnight no when you're 12 you're not allowed to and not in my home you know and so we have all those this kind of discussions but I realize that those relationships change but those are like my dad will always be my dad. You know, and, and let's be honest, my dad is so much more important than some random person on social media who's upset that I have a great head of dreads or something, you know? <laughs> and, and so like, we have to keep these things in perspective. Like Absolutely. I always say, like, 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 I always say like the, the problem with social media and I love social media. The problem with it is that like, it makes you think that everyone's on an equal footing. And the thing is, is it's like, everyone isn't on an equal footing. Like, like when, when I have a view about what the president does, like, I don't have a, I don't know half of what the president does. And if I have a view about like what Jeff Bezos does from Amazon, like I don't have a clue what he's like actually looking at. I just know like, well, <laughs> he just raised the Amazon prime rate. Like, right. that, you know, and like, right. so I have to realize like, like I'm not walking with the information that they have. And so what information do I have? And then I, Jesus tells me like, I'm supposed to love God and I'm supposed to love my neighbor as I love myself. And so it's like, and then Jesus says, you should love your enemies. So I'm like, okay, so my only job in this thing is to love people. And he says that if I, if I see a, a speck in my brother's eye, right? Then I need to first take the plank out of my eye before I address the speck in my brother's eye. Now, I always love that because if you think about it, if someone's got a piece of dust in their eye, in order to get the, that speck out of their eye, you got to get really close to them, right? But if you think about it, if you have a plank coming out of your eye, not only do they have a speck in their eye, but you give them a concussion because you nail them with the, with, with the plank <laughs> in your own eye. So it's like, he's like, listen, if you try and deal with your brother's speck without first dealing with your own garbage, you're actually going to make their speck worse by giving them a concussion. And so the idea is, is so when I don't like something that someone else does, the first thing I'm supposed to do, the perspective I get from Jesus is actually, I got to deal with my own garbage first. And then if once I deal with my own garbage and I'll notice that I'll be like, Hey, listen, I'm not judging you. I'm not coming down on you. I'm not hating on you because I just pulled a whole lumber yard out of my own eye, but I do notice the speck and I want you to see clearly. So can we talk about this? And it's a whole different approach. And so I love that, I love that Jesus gives us this different perspective on all of these things. And our job is to walk in the perspective that Jesus gives us in, empowered and inspired by the Holy Spirit to actually live out those realities. And so I, my hope is for everyone that moving into 2021 is that we really get that that biblical, that heavenly perspective, the Jesus spirituality of life that he has come to give us so that we can walk differently 
whatever 2021 is going to hold. So basically, the takeaway here is that we're going to survive 2021 with Jesus. We're going to survive it. We are going to make it through. And we need to look at what we need to be grateful for, what we have to be grateful for. I think that is something I've been challenging my kids on because they're kind of like, they get in that mode. You know how kids are where it's like, me, 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 I want this, I want that. It's like, well, listen, you have like, one of the best things to do is get that Samaritan's Purse catalog out and be like, there are people who need like these little chicks to get eggs because they can't go to a store and buy eggs. Like we literally just did this the other day. We went through and I'm like, pick out what you want. We're buying a goat for a family. Like that's what we're doing because they need a goat. They don't have any milk. And, but they really got it, you know? And so I think we need those reminders too. It's easy to be like, oh, our kid, you know, our kids. Well, yeah. What about us? Because I know for me, I'm that funny complainer who's superstitious, according to the superlative, right? So I gotta, I gotta check myself too. And uh, you know, for me, I think the the best reminders are going through scripture, reading scripture, and then just seeing what other people don't have. Not because it's you're looking down at it, but because you're realizing, my goodness, you know, thank God I ha- I was able to order those packages because you know, thank God I was able to to do the things I needed to do during 2020. So those are minor things, but I think on the bigger things too, just recognizing someone else always has it harder too. There's always somebody else that, and it's easy to forget that and to get stuck in our own, you know, quicksand, but we, we can always find a way out with Jesus. So I love totally. what you said. Well, you know, and I, I just encourage all of you as we bring this, our time together to a close, like the goal is to integrate whatever 2020 was for you into your life in a way that isn't debilitating or hindering the person that God wants you to be. But, but how do you integrate it in a way that's life-giving? And part of that is being able to both grieve what's been lost and lots of things have, you know, um, but also to be able to celebrate what we do have, that idea of, of having that gratitude. And then as you move into 2021, you just kind of hold those open hands. I always tell people though, like my goal is to walk through life with open hands saying, Lord, your will be done and you're good. I believe help my unbelief. I don't always know what you're doing. Most of the time I don't get it, but I trust you. And to allow the Lord to do the things that he wants to do. And this idea of making sure that we um, that we work to to repair things that have been broken. When, you know, Jesus, of course, forgave us, not because we deserved it, but because God is a loving God, you know? And so uh, for, for us, it's always, I'm always like, man, unity comes down to, I've always heard it said, I think it was attributed to Billy and uh, Ruth Bell Graham, where they said that the key to a good marriage is to have two great forgivers in the marriage. You know, and I think that's true for any relationship, especially within a marriage. It's like the key to a good relationship is to have two great forgivers in the middle of it. And so, you know, to go, to be able to work through the differences, because in the end of your life, if you're, if you're losing the people who have been closest to you, your, your God given family, unless they're so completely toxic that it's completely destructive, who they voted for doesn't make them toxic. It just, it just, they see the life a little differently and that's okay. Like we're allowed to in America. It's, it's democracy at work, you know, as to people have different views on these types of things. And so uh, to be working to uh, repair and restore some of the stuff that's been broken. So I wanted to thank all of you for joining us on the Crazy Happy Podcast. Billy Hollowell, you're the man. Love you so much. And listen, we want to encourage you just to sprinkle a little happiness every single day all over 2021 and the coming weeks and months, no matter what happens, because I believe that God wants to do a work in all of us and he's going to use our daily lives as the curriculum to get that stuff done. So we'll see you next time on the Crazy Happy Podcast. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Jesus is real. 
Gratitude can change your life. It can give even the hardest moments an edge of hope and joy. Today, Pastor Daniel and Billy Halloway encouraged you to look at your life through the lens of gratitude. They shared that when your starting point is rooted in an awareness of God's faithfulness, kindness, and provision for you, it changes your perspective about the circumstances that you face. You learn that you can integrate what happened during the last year into your life in a life-giving way. If you'd like to listen to more from the Crazy Happy Podcast, you can visit JesusIsRealRadio.com or look for Pastor Daniel Fusco on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll be notified each time a new edition is posted. And then be sure to join Pastor Daniel and journalist Billy Hallowell for more discussions and interviews that are relevant to your life today. Now back to Josh with a preview for next Friday's edition. Come back next Friday as Pastor Daniel and Billy Holloway continue to explore what it looks like to walk through different areas of life with true and abiding happiness. They'll be joined by Jeremy and Adrian Camp. As the camps share their story, you'll be invited to consider how to be crazy happy in relationships, especially in marriage. Well, that's all the time we have for on this special edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast with Daniel Fusco. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.